Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar. Tell me to everyone and welcome to the bedpost podcast i of course am your host aaron pym and if you're a new listener well what i like to do here on the bedpost podcast is have fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality however as you all wherever in the world you're listening to this you are aware of what's going on right now and and you know getting together with people in the same room is not necessarily a great idea so <laughs> What I've been doing is recording remotely, and I'm also specifically on a series right now where I'm featuring the other podcasters in my podcasting network, network, (laughs) the Sonar Network. Sonar Network. Um, so my lovely person for today has been on the podcast previously. Um, she's been on the Bedpost State Show several times as well. And I'm just very excited uh, to have her feature her pod because her pod's amazing. And then, uh, you know, get into some sexy stuff as well. So everyone listening, please welcome to the Skype mic, Shannon LaHaye. Hello! What a lovely intro. Hi. Oh, well, you're a lovely person to introduce, so there Aww, you go. Aren't you sweet? Maybe we'll start with talking about your pod. Yeah. I am obsessed with your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, obsessed. I'm really happy to hear that. Sometimes, you know, you know, when you make a podcast and you put it out there and then you're like, all right, I hope people hear this. <laughs> yeah, that's it, I guess. Yeah, done. Okay. Move on. Um, no, I'm so glad. So, yeah, oh, I'm, that is 100% the truth. Um, why don't you tell the people who haven't heard of Escape Capade, why don't you tell them what it's about? Yes, absolutely. So Escape Capade is an improvised Escape the Room podcast. It's, uh, I take two improvisers and I stick them in a room. They have no idea about what it is beforehand and they have to come up with their own characters and improvise sort of like a relationship in a scene as they're in this room trying to find their way out and I have puzzles that they can follow or not follow it really goes off the rails sometimes yeah sometimes they don't even try to solve the room no which is funny because it's it's very funny because I also have people who are so worried about screwing up the room and I was like it's all pretend baby it's all pretend Uh, (laughs) you're an improviser too like I I know some of your episodes right off the bat somebody has destroyed like an essential piece (laughs) of the puzzle Someone with wine. Oh, that was Nick Nemiroff and uh, Gavin Pounds. 
like immediately so they Gavin. ripped apart the shell. Uh, <laughs> the the <shelf> <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like, what do, what do you do when that happens? It's, what do you do? Uh, honestly, I, I expect it to happen. <laughs> I always go in expecting it to happen. That was one of the third, that was like the third episode I had recorded. So at that point, I was still figuring out the feel of the show. And yeah, yeah. so I kind of, I don't know, I just kind of let them do what they want and... Usually I have such good improvisers on that they start to wrap things up and make things make sense. And I just start going, yes, yes, exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) And then I look good, but they did a lot of the work, which is why it's so fun. Yeah, I mean, the puzzles are fun. The, you know, anticipation of seeing if they're going to get out of the room is fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But also just seeing two comedians just go buck wild in a, you know, imaginary room is so fun. So anyway, it turns out it ends up just being such a good time. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, That said, uh, when you're like, oh, no, it's all them and they can just do their thing. You put an awful lot of work into these puzzles, lady. <laughs> I do. I play, to be fair, I play a lot of video games. And I also, <laughs> the reason I like, the reason I do this podcast is because it came from me. I, I used to work in a box office and there's a lot of downtime. So I would used to mm-hmm. go onto those like flash media game sites and they have escape the room games. You just sort of like click around the room and find stuff. Um, cool. So I've played a lot of those. So... I don't know, just the the flow of it is kind of in my brain. So it feels like a lot of work, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, I I think it feels like from the outside, it looks like a lot of work. But on the inside, it's it's just a lot of like, oh, and then what if? (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. So it's kind of creative and fun for you to create too. Yeah. And again, all with the idea that none of this might even happen. Like it's all, it's, it's work, but all with the idea of like, if they don't follow, I don't, I don't ever want it to be like, well, they have to follow this because then what's the point of having improvisers on? I might as well just like write a script for them to read. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you can give little hints and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, and they, I know sometimes the improvisers sometimes try to ask for hints <laughs> too. I try to break things into beats. I kind of have three acts in my head of where I think people should be to have, I want them to have fun. I don't want it to be like, figure it out. And if you don't, you're on your own. I want it to be like, okay, they've established this and this amongst themselves. We have this kind of idea of a conflict between the characters. I'm going to throw something to help them. I don't know, get further in because then the more stuff they find, the more it helps them come up with a relationship and a story between themselves. Like it's very fun when they yeah. find something and it's like this and it's like, that's right. I should have told you. And then there's some sort of story of why that's in the room that I never intended that they've completely come up with. So yeah, I also like very funny moments where like they are looking around desperately for something <laughs> at one point. Like I think it was Alice and Paul oh Bates, yeah yeah they got frantic. maybe where yeah at one point <laughs> it got very frantic and you were like and suddenly Alistair looks into the bathroom <laughs> or something like that like you chimed in to help yeah. them out yeah I felt like the value of what I was getting out of them had been achieved I'm like great this is hilarious to listen to I'm content for them to move on because <laughs> it, like it's also funny to just let people freak out for a minute. Because a lot of times people will, I, I will, I will watch people repeat back something that I'm like, yeah, just that's it. But then they don't realize that that's it. So they keep going and it's like, great, yeah. we can sit here too. This is fine. Whatever you're having fun doing, I'm happy to let you do. 
Yeah. yeah. By the way, that episode is just wildly hilarious. It, it is, is so good, funny. They do a really it's good so job. <laughs> I'm very pleased. Um, yeah, I think they're stuck on a boat, right? Yeah, exactly. They're stuck they're on a stuck boat. They're stuck on a boat. Yeah. They set things on fire a lot. Yeah, that was them. See, that's... that's is that them? That was yeah. just... They wanted to start setting fire to stuff and it became part of the story. It's, <laughs> it's very fun to do because honestly, it's just a fun excuse for me to pretend I'm doing really... Uh, great scene work with these like improvisers that I really really like but it's just I've just given them like a little playground and I'm just watching them go nuts totally it's great so can you tell me kind of your process behind putting one of these episodes together like what what do you think of first where do you start let me know so um the first thing I guess I do is I just have a list of rooms like it's whenever I think of something that sounds different because there's only so many times you want me to describe the basically the exact same room over and over again, right? There's only so many living totally. rooms in that. So uh, I try to have a list of cool ideas that I think of that I think are a little bit outside the box. And so mm-hmm. when I'm looking to brainstorm, I'll just write, I'll just draw a box and I'll write north, south, east, west, like a compass around it. And then I just start mm-hmm. drawing what I think would be in a room like that. So like if it's like a... Like, yeah, with the boat one, it's like, okay, if they're in a they're in a lower deck of a boat, there's going to be, like, a bench. And you, I just sort of, like, draw it in, and then I look at what the room layout is like, <laughs> this fake room that I've made. Uh, and then I start to get, um, I don't know, you just sort of get caught up in a, like, it, it's very much improv rules when I write it, and I don't really deviate too much from the first couple of things I think of. Where it's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. let's say that there's a blender. So what could be in the blender? Maybe this, I don't know. You just pick something and go. And then as as you get momentum, you sort of build this like weird little puzzle in your brain. And then all of a sudden when yeah. you're done, that blender seems so innocuous. But now it's like the crux of the whole room. They have to figure out the codes <laughs> on the thing. It's so dumb. How how excited I get about it. <laughs> how it goes from just like this like little box into suddenly like, oh, wow, yeah. Maybe there's a tapestry. The tapestry comes to life. It's just, it's just yes-anding your own thoughts. Um, yeah. And I find that that's when, because I try to write episodes ahead of time, but I try to not commit really more than an hour, an hour and a half to writing, quote unquote, a room, which is just like mapping yeah. it out and everything. Because one, I'm very aware that we could get to recording and they could change it. And I don't want to be too precious about anything. But also, yeah. usually the rooms that I have felt the most successful about, the rooms that I felt like went the best and that I've been able to facilitate the best are the rooms where it was just, I got excited about an idea, I didn't second guess it, and I kind of just had fun. And I didn't worry about whether logically it made sense that that would be in here. I just, like, the <laughs> amount that my guests don't realize they're doing for me is very, is very much a gift. The amount that they justify, because improvisers just justify, the amount that they justify that is better than anything I could write ahead of time. Um, yes. Yeah. So I'm, ma- I'm mainly just making a framework with an idea of like puzzles and how things could lead. But it's very easy to, for someone to be like, what does this carving mean? It's like, sure, there's a carving now. <laughs> Sure, why not? Um, yeah, and it's still a balance I'm trying to figure out. I think I think my biggest obstacle is is making sure I constantly keep it a facilitated playroom for them and not a oh you were supposed to look behind this door. It's like okay, so nothing there's that doesn't exist anymore. I'm going to move this over here because they're they're over here now. 
what can yeah. I do here? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's really fun. And <laughs> as far as like the relationships between the two of them, mm-hmm. that's all stuff that they come up with usually? Always. They always ask what they should do. And I always say, it's always the same way. I uh, tell them that I'm going to, I hit record and I tell them I'm going to describe the room in detail. And then I put a yeah. little diagram down for them to reference because it's, they're, they're doing a lot of work. It's nice to have something to reference. So they're not like, wait, what was over here? And then the podcast is yeah. not 20 minutes of me just describing the room um, over and over. <laughs> Redescribing. Yeah. Yep. So I usually tell them that I'm going to describe a room. And once I put the once I put the diagram down, the room is completely yours. Who you are, why you're there, that's usually, that's on them. So they'll either decide to, they'll usually make a decision together whether they'll wait until they hear the room and let that inform their characters. Yeah. Or I've had it before where they come up with these characters just you know, riffing, two comedians on a couch, they're going to riff, um, just riffing together. They suddenly have a character they want to do and then they get the room and then they force the character into the room. And that's, that's the, as much thought as I think goes into it beforehand. Goes into it. And then they go <laughs> on their nuts. On their part. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite episode? Um, that's, truly, that's a hard one because like, I feel very lucky with all the guests that I've had on. I feel like they've all gone very well, too. Um, yes. So I'm very, I think I'm very pleased with how it's been going. I hope I can keep up the momentum for the next season. But I think, yeah. if I'm being honest, the one I send out for people to sort of reference ahead of time would be maybe mm. like, probably the one we talked about, Paul and Alistair. I've sent that one out. <laughs> It's a good one. That in- insane one. The one with Chris and Lee as well, I send out. But oh, I send them both out for very yeah. different reasons. Because I think the Paul and Alistair one, I send out as a good example of like, just how liberal you're allowed to get with characters. I think it's, I think they yeah. really play with each other a lot and are a bit not very precious about the room and are they doing it right? that I, I yes. try to use that as an example of like, please don't worry. Because sometimes people really worry that there's mechanics that they're not understanding or that it's more complicated and that they don't want to like mess up the episode. And it's like, no, truly, yeah. please, truly. You can't. You yeah, can't. you really can't mess up the episode. Yeah. So I like to send that one out as an example of like, see how liberal they're getting? Go for it. And I think Chris and Lee, I like that one for how much they are very overtly... Uh, messing around with the puzzles like there's a lot of moments in that where they outright are like no (laughs) i'm gonna do this so that people feel comfortable they just just ignore your puzzles essentially or like i think there's a moment in the one with chris and lee where i say like oh you need you need the electricity to work to see and chris goes "Mm, i'm pretty sure i know what a light switch feels like so i'm just gonna keep feeling around the wall till i find one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's how can you argue with that? <laughs> Continues to grope around the room. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, it's that's it's so fun. Honestly, oh. it's so fun to listen to, and um, I'm so excited that you are. There's a season two in the works. Yes. The is bit. there is there anything you can tell us about that or when maybe or um, well it's a bit so as you know I got a job working on a, a cruise ship and yes, I went away I do know that <laughs> I the plan was 
I was writing episodes and I recorded one while on the ship with my uh, castmates, which is, I'm very excited to release when the season comes out, but I wanted to get all the rooms sort of figured out and just like mapped out in my head so I could just come back and record, record, record. Um, and I had a date and everything set. I made like, even like something to announce when I came back and, uh, uh, well, uh, I got back and the world is very different. Uh, so I'm going to have to try and figure out similar to what you're doing right now, finding a way to record with people, but record with people who have the equipment that can do it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I have like two guests on at a time, so I'm sure I'll be able to figure something out. Yeah, totally, totally. So yes, why don't we start talking about this? So speaking of getting stuck somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yes. You were working, doing comedy yeah. on a cruise. I was. And when were you supposed to come back from I this tour? I was scheduled to stay on the cruise and work until April 12th of 2020. Okay. Today is March 26th, I believe, or whenever this is, or... Something like that. I've, we've lost all consequences. Yeah, time, exactly. But yes, I believe you. Um, and I was sent back uh, early <laughs> as the contracts yeah. canceled. Cruise industry is uh, no more. Um, but all of this started as... I left in December of 2019, like December 1st. So mm-hmm. uh, all of this started happening while I was on the ship. It's very funny. I left and one of the things I said when I left was like, I'm worried I'm going to come back and everything's going to be different. And everyone's like, nothing's going to change. Oh my God, you're going to come back and it's all going to be here. It'll be just how you remember it. And I feel like I came back and I was like, you've all lied. (laughs) So yeah. So what was it like to start hearing about what was going on and then having to wait until you were allowed to come back? Yeah, I think... At first, I think I was like a lot of people, but I absolutely started in the camp of, I was very naive about how serious I thought it would get. Like I started hearing about it, but there's, I don't know, there's this thing in the back of your head that's like, people will figure it out. Like this is very taken for granted, I guess, very North American attitude because usually we're used to stuff just getting figured out. Um, So I think it just started with that. Like I started hearing about it and thinking like, okay. And then you started noticing a lot of changes on the ship. Because especially cruise industries were the first ones to sort of be like, this is not a good place to be. If you're on a cruise, I don't recommend you go on a cruise. And it's like, great. I work on the ship. (laughs) This is my job. Yeah, I'm stuck here. This is, yeah, I can't leave. So what were like little changes that kind of were happening at that point? At the first, I mean, a lot of them, they always have like like, uh, hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, I noticed them getting more aggressive about making sure you sanitize your hands. It was at every entrance to the buffet and there was someone standing with a squirt bottle also full of hand sanitizer to also like make sure they grab the people that aren't stopping at the station, which at first I just was like, oh, they're just being very thorough. But you notice after a while how many more stations start to crop up everywhere. Um, the biggest one that at first I thought, I was like, oh, this feels like a lot, but now I understand it actually was very important, was we do a lot of audience participation games. I did improv on the ship, very that uh, did a lot of short form games, and we do a lot of our audience participation. We bring them up on stage, we give them a microphone, they can do sound effects or words or, you know, puppets, they control us, or we tap them on the shoulder, just various things that involve people coming up on stage. 
And we'd have a couple mics and we'd play a couple of those games. It, it came down that uh, we weren't allowed to let any audience members hold the mic. That was the first change. Um, we had to be, we had to hold them for them. Then it turned into, you can only use one mic per game. So once you used a mic in a game, it was burned. Um, and then it had to go back and this, the tech person sanitized it. And that was that. So then it chopped down the amount of games you could play because you, you, you only get two mics for the show. So you can play two audience games and then that's it, which isn't the end of the world, but when you're doing five shows a week or, and the cruises would vary, we had 10 day cruises where we did like 10 shows. You start to run out of ways to keep it fresh because it's the same well of people coming back. So when you can only play so many games a show and the other games you used to fill up are ones that you're using all the time now because you're trying to cut back on audience participation, that, that, I guess that juggle, I mean, these are all very frivolous concerns on the grand scheme of how dangerous this whole thing was, but that, that's, these are just the changes I noticed. So this is me sort of realizing, okay, this is getting intense because then it became, we weren't allowed to hold them. We had to have mic stands up for them and then they would use the mic stand. Uh, and then we started cutting, uh, I think we, we cut puppets out completely because the, the guy who the comedy manager running things just wasn't, it was just like not comfortable. I mean, these people all have names, but just because they're people we know and other people know, I don't want to just like talk. Yeah, sure. Um, which, yeah, and it's it's it just started getting more strict. Uh, less people up, less shows we were doing, less people were going out. We started noticing less people around. There were announcements that started coming over. You know, they do announcements every day, being like, "Come check out this party," and you know, a couple times a day there was an announcement about the COVID virus, the measures they're taking things to look out for, symptoms that you should immediately go to the doctor for. And they sort of like ran just very, with this very like cheerful cruise directory voice. But right. but they, it's, you know, basically the same script running every, like once or twice a day it would get said, um, which felt... Not to go out if you're feeling sick, to yeah. stay in your room or to immediately go to medical services. Yeah, and a lot of assurances of this is what we're doing to counteract yes. stuff. So uh, that's, that's sort of... It sort of, it felt like it went from this weird, like, oh, okay, sure, we can wipe down the mics to announcements in the hallway to um, you might not get to finish the contract, sit tight, to they just called the state of emergency in America, but you just left mm-hmm. port an hour ago to start another seven-day cruise. So we don't know if they're turning the ship around, sit tight. Okay, they're not turning the ship around, but their first port is Puerto Rico, and we'll assess because that's still, that's still the U.S., so... We'll see. Okay, so Puerto Rico saying you can't come. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. What did that feel like for you it, and for everyone else on the cast? It, I think it was a weird mix of, I'm sure it's fine. I don't know. There was this weird calm underneath it with every once in a while just moments of, um, and it got worse as it went on, but moments of like, we're, we, we're going to get home though, right? Like we're going to, because it, it stopped being about it stopped being about like well they're not gonna of course they're gonna let Canadians get back or of course they're gonna wait till the right. end of March break but then after a while you realize that's not that's not how decisions are being made decisions are not being made around logistics of what is most convenient um, decisions are being made around this is a pandemic and it doesn't care when March break ends it doesn't care how many Canadians still haven't gotten across the border what they need to yeah. do to protect the, the public at large is what they need to do end of story so it started to become very uncertain. Um, 
I think at first when it was like, wait, it was Monday or sorry, no, it was Saturday. And they were like, wait until Friday and Friday we'll, we'll probably get you home. And then on the Tuesday, so a, week, a week, a full week. Almost. And you'd see the statistics of like, here's what, here's what Italy was like six days ago. And now six days later, they're completely like this. And just being like, yeah, six days is a very long time. Um, yes. To, yeah, to all of a sudden, like there was a call. We had to have a call with the guy who runs the contract in our cabins to sort of talk about here's what's happening. So three ports, because the cruise was supposed to go to certain ports and more and more ports as the time went on, because we were one of the last cruises going, they start saying to cruise ships, I'm sorry, you can't come here with what's going on. We're shutting down our port. So from the passenger point of view, what that looks like is, so it turns out we're not going to, you know, blank tomorrow, but don't worry. Instead, we've secured a place at blank. And they would just sort of switch up to different ports that would let them in that weren't on the itinerary. The more places it started to do that, the less options there are to go. There was a day we just went off of um, another, like a different cruise lines uh, than ours. They let us use the private island where there's nobody. And we still had to anchor off the coast of it and then get uh, shipped in by tender boats. And that was to replace like, you know, a big city. And it was like, this is, and I mean, the passengers in general, I felt were decent about it. There was a general attitude of, a, people wanting to enjoy their vacation, but B, understanding that, like, the cruise line's having a hard time, so just go with the flow, which I think, That's I think that needs, that poor crew worked so hard and dealt with so many back and forth, and a lot of them weren't even sure if they were going to get home. Like, I was stressed about getting home in terms of getting from the U.S. to Canada and how difficult it would be, it, it, like, more so, that's going to be hard, but it still felt doable, where I was, there was people, crew members on that ship that, like, they didn't even know if they were going to get off the boat. And some of them still are on God. the boat. Like it's, oh it's God. as yeah. it was very humbling. I think to part of me keeping from freaking out was just seeing how much harder it was on a lot of the other crew members that you just are very grateful suddenly for like, fine, if I'm stranded in, in Miami, I, I have, so be it. yeah, I have X amount of options available to me. These are people that like, there was one woman I felt so bad for her. Her contract ended. I feel like this is such a downer, but this is where we are. No, again. no. Yeah, I hear you. I, I think it's good to... Yeah, keep Her, going, please. So the, sh- the ship basically... The, the t- March 20th is when everything got shut down with the ship. That was also mm-hmm. supposed to be this woman who worked in the buffet. She has a six-year-old at home. She had been doing an eight-month-long contract. March 20th was her last day of the contract. So originally, she was supposed to finish her eight months get all paid out, then she gets to go home and go back to see her six-year-old who she hasn't seen in, in eight months and wow. is so excited. And then, and because we made friends with her earlier on, so we watched over a month her go her going from, I only have a month left to, I haven't seen my kid in eight months and now I don't know when I'm going to be able to get home and see them again. Like, it's devastating, devastating for her. Yeah. That must have been yeah. so hard. So we learned very early on that as hard as it was on us and as scared as we were yeah not even close to what a lot of people on that ship never mind around the world were going through um yeah totally so it helped keep things in perspective i think the part where i got the most afraid was the friday the friday we were supposed to leave on our way back to miami it's just the announcements of that's it the borders are closing at midnight tonight uh with the fear of 
someone sort of planted like they're not even letting cruise ships dock they might not even let you dock in miami like that sort of crept in just right kind of in the last minute but wow. yeah then we got off the boat and we got to the airport mm-hmm. and we got on an mm-hmm. earlier flight and everything worked out great and i'm very grateful for how great it all went in that regard because man there was there was truly a while of of just what's going to happen. Some dicey. Yeah and, yeah. and you hear how people are getting sick and carrying it and you're on a cruise ship going, there's no way I haven't come in contact with it. And now when I go home, exactly. I can't, I don't want to hurt anyone, um, which is why I'm Yeah. Being... So, yeah. So now, now you're doing the two weeks of complete quarantine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have not left the house. Oh yeah, baby. I'm only on day six. Uh, today was an interesting day. I broke my phone screen. I smashed it on my first day of no. quarantine. First day of quarantine. Right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, so I had this like really little mini magic moment of, I just, I was just upset. So I just emailed some businesses nearby just to be like, I know you're closed because of the virus, but I'm just trying to get price options so that when my quarantine's done, I know where to go. And I found this. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> And I found this guy who runs his own business that was like, I can do this for you. It'll take an hour. Here's what we're going to do. And we worked out a whole system where I put my phone in a, in like, like so much wrapping in a bag and left it in my mailbox. A friend of mine who has a car pulled up, took it out of my mailbox and dropped it in the mailbox of his business. He inside sterilized it, sterilized his whole workplace and then fixed my screen for me. To then leave in the mailbox for my friend to drive back and leave in my mailbox. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, it's this weird little magic, and it's like his is his business, and he's like, I need. First of all, I need. I'm trying to figure out how to stay open because he's shut down. That's the thing. He's completely shut down. His place isn't operating. But he said, for this, it's just him in the shop. No one's coming in. Everyone's wearing gloves. No one's like. She didn't get out of her car until he like was inside. It's a whole thing. It was, it, everyone is very careful about it. Yeah. Um, but Good. And my phone is fixed and he was a delight about it. And then he called me. I called him to thank him. And it was so, it's so weird this like almost drop of formality we have in society now. I'm noticing in my emails or like talking to this guy. I've never talked to this guy before. And I was talking so, I was just talking very uh, casual is not even the right word. Just very colloquially with it, this person. Yeah. It was it was a conversation of like, thank you so much. He's like, yeah, what a world, huh? And I was like, isn't this crazy? And then we just start talking about anything else. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, why, why, who cares? I think I think we all feel, yeah, no, it's true. I feel like we all feel kind of um, empathetic about everyone's situation. Like we're all going, we're all literally going through the same thing. Yeah, some of it, us have like much more difficult degrees than others but in general we're all dealing with stress right now uncertainty Mm -hmm. confusion uh anxiety fear all of those things right and you know it's all going to obviously look different depending on your situation and who's in your life and who you have to take care of and all these things but in general like that's something that we can come together about and be like how are you doing, buddy? Yeah. Like, even if it's like a, a virtual stranger, you know? Truly. It, this is the time to to really lean call into your, the idea. Call your loved ones. Call your loved yeah. ones. Lean into the idea that we are in this together. Like, truly, we are in this together. If you know your neighbors have a hard time with something, get in touch and just ask how they're doing. Um, 
Yeah, I feel very grateful because I was able to quarantine immediately. I had friends that were able to stock my fridge so that when I arrived home, no one had to come near me. Uh, I'm not going outside. I talked to a friend uh, just <laughs> like on FaceTime. It's like, I'll see you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> I literally don't know. The right thing to do, you got to stay home, especially me in like a high contact area. I I would never sleep again. The idea that I like went out and passed this on to who, to pass this on to who, the pass... Like, I don't want to be responsible for anyone getting hurt. So as stir crazy as I'm sure I'll get. I'm rather introverted though. I don't know. <laughs> there is a part of me that's like, I got this on lock. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Some of us thought it'd be easy. And then as the time goes on, it's like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you feeling at day six as far as like, I don't know, it's just how you feel about not being able to go out, not being able to be in contact, physical contact with anyone. Right. I feel like my this day six now is is actually going to be closer to feeling like on my first like couple days just because. I feel like I came out of such a, working on the cruise, I'm sharing a room with someone. There's only so many places you can go. You're kind of trapped on this boat. So I already felt like I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. Um, And that- You already were in confined quarters. (laughs) But surrounded. For months. Surrounded by people though. (laughs) Confined quarters, surrounded by people. And like my roommate was- a delight such a delight and we were we really gelled well we we really figured out a good rhythm for each other and giving each other personal space I felt like I had plenty of options available to me if I needed a minute um and still you feel like you can't get a minute you can't get a minute everything starts to grade on you so so two things kind of happen you come back to the world from being on a cruise ship and you're a little shell-shocked because you go from everything being loud and and on and in your face and for you at all times and and the time is your own and there's people and drinks and food and stuff everywhere to like just the quiet (laughs) of an empty room (laughs) i gotta say at first i was like i'm planning on doing this anyway like uh, truly so i feel like today was day six was my first day of sort of coming down from the readjusting away from cruise life. And so I felt a bit more, and also acclimatizing to what is this new world? Cause I underestimated that too. People were like, you're in for a shock when you come back to Toronto. And I was a little cocky of like, I'm on a cruise ship uh, surrounded by it right now. I think I understand the situation. And I think I know. Um, I think I know. Um, excuse me. I think I know. And then I came back and was like, Oh my God. People were like, yeah, we tried to tell you. It's weird and it's it's true it's 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 different it's very different than what I expected I think I had ideas of what it would be like but man yeah yeah it's surreal Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors shall we first of all Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. 
Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Um, and I, I appreciated, um, you know, I always was, I always was interested to watch your Instagram stories from the, from the ship, yeah. right? Especially when that whole time you were just waiting mm-hmm. to come home, basically, right? And at one point you did like an Instagram story where you were like, please, loved ones and friends, stop sending me articles on why I, I sh- shouldn't be on a cruise ship yeah. right now. Like, please, that is not helpful to me at this time. Die honestly, honest. and it's so well-meaning. Every time, though, that's the thing. It's so well-meaning. The whole the whole point is, I'm scared about you, or this pertains to you. Are you aware of this? Or hey, they this might be information you haven't seen yet. And it's just like, and like you already are kind of in that environment of, I hope I don't get sick. I hope I don't give this to anyone. I hope I get off the boat. And again, this is, this is a lot of this is in hindsight. I cannot stress enough. And I'm sure everyone felt this way. In the beginning, I was certain it was not here to la- to stay. I was like, okay, yeah, everyone's got to wash their hands, be more careful. And, and this will pass. And then it just escalated. Um, so a lot of this is being said in hindsight, looking at the escalation of it, but it's, it, there were moments of, I'm worried, I'm scared, I can't get, I I physically can't get out of here. And also, I'm towards the end of four months. I'm also just, without all of this happening, fed up and just want to get off this boat, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ready to come home. Just get Get me the fuck out of here, man. Um, So that coupled with, and you're in a very potentially dangerous situation. And even if you don't get sick, you could potentially get someone so sick they die. Uh, And it's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, but that specifically did help me actually you saying that Mm -hmm. on the Instagram story, because, you know, I'm a person that, well, first of all, you know, if I read an article that I makes me think of someone, I send it to them. But then also at the same time, um, I had a partner who was abroad. He went on a vacation to Hawaii, like before this all dropped. So he was in Hawaii. And Same thing as you. I think it was along a similar timeline um, of when he like was able to come back and everything as well. But this all broke when he was there. So I was the person sending him things. And then after you posted that, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I have to be conscious of like not, you know, do you know, like fear mongering essentially, right? It's Um, a hard balance because you're worried. Because 
It was a hard balance. Yeah, I was worried and I wanted him to have the information and he didn't have a lot of internet connectivity at all. So he wasn't just scrolling on uh-huh. Twitter. He wasn't able to do that. So I was trying to send like specific articles about stuff like flights that pertain to him. Yeah, I um, think that's fair. I think I think but- hey, I know you have a flight on this airline and this might be happening. Um, versus in general, they're saying yeah. cruises are death traps. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, those are different. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But anyways, it was helpful to read that because then I'm like, okay, no. Yeah, he at this point knows what's up. I let him know, hey, you might want to like go online and read about yeah. this for a bit. <laughs> Give it up. <laughs> like specifically when, you know, when it's just give a little look-see, um, you know, about anything concerning Canadians be- coming back home. Yeah, I was, like, at that point being like, okay, now I need to just be supportive um, and not keep sending him every little tweet that I read that, you know, is about yeah. international travel. <laughs> now I need to, He now he knows, and I have to, like, understand what position he's in, just like you were where it's kind of just out of your control and you're just at this mm-hmm. point waiting to get home and just be as supportive as you yeah, can. Yeah, it goes a long way point. to be like, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing that's got nothing to do. I'm going to take your mind off what's going on. That I think that's – I I also coupled with like the realiza- realizing that things were getting serious was my mom is very – uh, hands hands off with a lot of stuff like this. She's very like, I'm sure you've got it on, on under control. Like she doesn't fuss a ton about stuff or if she does, it's very mild. And she <laughs> wrote me a text. And my family's also very like, uh, like they're not like huge uh, emotional expressors. So my mom sent me a text that just said, okay, I'm getting slightly concerned about flights. So just let me know when you're on <laughs> yeah, a plane. Exactly. And that's that, that truly the most I got from her. Uh, and I, and I read it and I was like, my mom is flipping out. <laughs> I'm a bit concerned in my family means I'm losing it. So that's when I was like, shit, my mom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. My mom was the one where it was like, if I hurt myself, she'd be like, keep an eye. She just screamed from the other room, like, keep an eye on it. She didn't want to like fuss too much about things. Let me know. Yeah. Keep an eye Mom, on I think it. I broke my leg. Keep an <laughs> eye on it. Let me know. Keep an eye on it. <laughs> well, keep an eye on it. From the other room. <laughs> keep an eye on it. Oh, God. We weren't coddled, baby. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Take a walk around the block. Yeah. You'll feel better. Yeah. That was what, yeah, that was a classic one in my household. Get some fresh, <laughs> Get air. Some fresh air. My mom loves to say, die quietly. Uh, I'm dying. Die quietly. I mean, like, when we were being overdramatic, like, as a kid, if I'd be like, mom, I'm hungry, I'm dying. She'd be like, well, die quietly then. <laughs> to be fair, this is, I remember is her doing mommy. it while she was in the middle of cooking dinner. And I was like, oh, I'm hungry. She's like, I can't do anything more than what I'm already doing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. what you want from me right now. This is your problem more I'm than it is mine. I'm making dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this seems a lot more like a you problem <laughs> than a me problem. Yeah, totally. Oh, God. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for sharing oh. all that. Um, it's obviously a very, like, very specific to you story that I've, I'm very happy that you could share with us. And and again, just so happy that you're home me safe. Me too. 
thank you. Thank you to everyone who's uh, working the front lines of this thing, because hell Jesus. yeah yeah and and everyone that's working all you know those essential yeah. services jobs that are still just probably being paid minimum wage yeah. even though now we realize that a grocery store worker is essential. should be paid a lot more because they are very essential to us getting food yes. so i um, yeah yeah thank you so much to all those yeah people. i'm so grateful yeah. thank you and I think everyone who's not those people but is going out into the world, you know, just remember that these are people who are also scared and no one no one knows what to do. No one knows what they're doing. So let's just all not be assholes to each other. Yeah. And let's try to err on the side of caution. Like for me, yeah, for me, when you were saying at one point you were still kind of skeptical and still kind of thinking, oh, well, it'll get figured out and it'll blow over. I was in the exact mm-hmm. same camp. I was like, in a month, we will be not even talking about this yeah. anymore. That is literally something I said on my own podcast like mm-hmm. six episodes ago. That is like verbatim what came I, out of I my I was mouth. like, yeah, this is all going to, it's going to go. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, I'm going to do the most extreme thing because I want to look back at myself and like, and and look stupid that's what I want at this point I want to look like I overreacted at this point that's what I feel safe doing you know in in a month I want to look back and and be like oh you were doing all those things for nothing I would love for that to be me a month from now looking back and thinking that about how what I'm doing right now yeah absolutely I'd rather I'd rather people be like wow you really went overboard and be like yeah well I can sleep at night (laughs) Because I will, I will wonder for the rest – because, uh, again, at first, not understanding how intense things had to be. When they're like, when you get back from travel, you have to completely quarantine. And I was like, okay, yeah, but I can, like, run out and grab something if I need it. Uh, and then you get back and you, you read about what's going on and you talk to other people and you realize, like, oh, no, like, no, that's that's truly off the table. Um yeah, yeah and, and then you have people that are like, well, I'm sure it's not the end of the world if you do this. And it's just like, you know what, I'd rather – I'd rather – be absolutely certain then wonder oh did I walk too close to that person and they picked it up from me like I I just would rather and that way things end quicker and then quarantine will be over quicker like if we do it now if we all commit to it now and do the most extreme version of quarantine now then healthcare can get on top of like they're just getting overwhelmed these people aren't superman right they're individuals who have breaking points and we can't overwhelm them just like all of us yeah, just like all mm-hmm. of us, right? So, okay, with the last, um, oh, we've got more oh, than okay. a few minutes, but with the last, with the last time that we have on our podcast, <laughs> um, now Shannon, I, I did most certainly have you on the pod yes. before, um, and my most memorable, <laughs> memorable <laughs> moment. <laughs> I think I know what it is. It's talking about yeah, the, the trickle, trickle down. down. <laughs> it's truly whenever I think. Cause I I I I I think about sex. Sure, a lot more sure more than not. Oftentimes, yeah. I'm I'm a monster. I I think I think of them a lot. I've watched a lot of stuff, and I I am into uh, I'm into fun things. So. There are things, though, that I look at where I'm like... I like fun. (laughs) That I'm always like... I always watch to be like, okay, 
and maybe this is just my pragmatic brain. This is how I think. But I always think of like, okay, what kind of what kind of side effects of this are going to come up that I'm going to not love? <laughs> you know, how are we going to keep that from getting all over my couch? Or how how are we going to uh, what's what's yeah. the what's the right way to do this? that I'm, I'm not ingesting anything I don't want to be ingesting. Like, how do we do this? That's, that's where my brain goes immediately. How do we navigate? So it's like, it's yeah. very funny because I'm like, I'm into kink, but I'm, I'm, it's also, I feel like it's always like, okay, great. So just before we get started, I just want to walk you through the procedure for when we're finished. Yes. So we put the, we're down put the, tarp, the tarp down here. And then we... We're going to do that. I'm going to do this. Now I want you to know, I want you to know at, at any point... I, if you want to do this, or if you, I, I have planned for that. Yeah, that Very yes, sexy. There is a whole process. Yes, there is a whole process if we decide to do this. So, you know, just let me know. Check in with me, and then I will give you more instructions mm-hmm. hitherto. Because, you know, when I get into it, I want to just be able to get into it. You know what I mean? I just want to have fun. I want to get lost <laughs> in the character of it. I want to have a good time. Yeah. I want to... Yeah, you, you don't have to, you, at that point, you don't want to have to worry about things. You want to have done that work beforehand. Yeah, I don't right? want to be in the middle of something. So you cannot think like, about oh, it. Oh, you know what? I didn't get a bag. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing that needs yeah, a bag. Yeah, this but... is going to be. <laughs> I'm saying arbitrary things, by the way. These <laughs> oh, aren't hints. <laughs> I forgot my basketball bag. Oh, that would have oh, been good for this. God. Oh, I should have laid down a blanket. <laughs> That's what I should have done. Like, I don't know. My brain is. Yeah. My brain works a mile a minute. Um, so, because it, it's easy to get distracted, I know. I think that's very wise. Um, you know, to to um, plan, yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. But to cycle it back around to the trickle down, it's this because I do think about stuff like that, where I'm like, would I want to be peed on? I don't know. I wouldn't want someone to pee on my head. <laughs> like it's just that yeah. the because tr- of the trickle. Yeah. Down. What do I do about that though? What if it gets in my eye? I don't want. I don't want that in my eye. Like it's. It's just, so I've spent time, again, I've just spent time thinking about sex. <laughs> I have I have thoughts on stuff about whether or not I'm interested based on what I just think the mild inconveniences of it would be. <laughs> very fun to have now, sex. Now, are you, <laughs> very fun to have sex. Oh, God. <laughs> um, now, are you one of those people that, you know, over, say, the last six days of yes. you being the at home alone? Yes. <laughs> Their answer is absolutely yes. Every single day. (laughs) Twice a day sometimes. It's how I reward myself. (laughs) (laughs) How I reward myself for doing a good job quarantining. Yeah. Okay, I got up, I I did the dishes. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a break. (laughs) Let's go. What have I not watched? I don't know. (laughs) Yes. It's just it's so you've been yes. Also, so let me know what what have you specifically been watching? Oh That's a God. funny question. What are we watching? Oh Shannon? no! Oh no! Oh, oh no! Um, wow. Do I want to tell people this? Uh, certainly, things I won't say. Great. <laughs> so we know it's that bad. Ooh, good to know. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. Yes. Um, I like a lot of. I, I like a lot of stuff that's kind of around the phase of like, well, I mean, <laughs> I guess I, I don't know how to say this. Well, I mean. Well, I mean. <laughs> like situations where it's like, it's like, it's like, oh no, we're stranded. Well, I guess the only thing there's to do is to fuck. Procreate. <laughs> we got to build back up this human race. 
Or it's just like two people like stuck in an elevator and it's like, well, they won't be back for an hour. How do you want to pass the time? I don't know. I like, I guess I like the strangers coming together situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like, I like that, um, considering your experiences with being confined places, I find that very interesting psychologically. But perhaps now we have developed a new fetish for being confined in a place Ooh. together and having to uh, procreate. Yeah. <laughs> having to just, you know, we're coming. This is great. What, if, what, what do you the- want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I guess I guess I like a lot of role play stuff. Like I mean, I guess all sex is role play in a in a way. Um, oh, you think so? That's a hot take. I think so. I think because I sex, like that. Sex is always always completely an expression of something that you don't normally express. It's like this part of you that's very raw and very like. Uh, yeah. vulnerable that is always very protected and very masked up so i f- i find that uh it's when you get to unleash this sort of character within yourself even if it's just even if it's you know missionary vanilla sex i still feel like there's an element of of role play in it for you to sort of i don't know maybe, maybe i'm equating it too much to theater <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, interesting. The other thing I'm noticing is because you are an, a comedian and an yeah. improviser. <laughs> Maybe. That you equate Maybe just sex all- to playing a character. <laughs> Maybe just Love all it. my sex is role play. Again, maybe I'm just yeah. very into role play. Yeah, know. maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just no, meet I at like a bar that. and not know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Not right now, Shannon. No, not, not now. Do that role play with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, that's that is interesting because, uh, yeah, I do. I see how you could feel that way, definitely. Um, because what what's kind of th- making me think of what you said is I just interviewed Cody Crane. Oh, yeah. Um, who is another lovely podcaster mm-hmm. on our podcasting network. He does spoot. Um, and he said, like, for him, the most interesting part of sex is, like, seeing a- another part of this person. Mm-hmm. You know, discovering another part of this person that you don't usually get to see, yeah. right? Um, so that's what I'm thinking of, kind of, when you're saying that. That you are, you are like, being able to be this person Mm -hmm. like yeah it's part of you and yeah it's authentic and it might be a hell of a lot more authentic than the other ways you kind of present Mm -hmm. your as a person but the way you're yeah so that can be like playing playing a part playing a role in that sense it's like okay I don't get to act like this ever yeah or you know this is this situation is very here now, just this. I'm gonna, I'm going to let out this part of me that I, I don't ever let out. I don't know. I, I guess yeah. there's also a part of me that's like because it's so vulnerable and not something you access a lot. There is an element of like discovering it as you go. Like, I don't know. There's yeah. been many times I've been in, in bed, <laughs> where I've been, where in I've bed. had in the bed, been in the in bed. bed, where I've had sex with someone and just like I don't know, something's happened that's been like, oh wow, I didn't expect that reaction out of myself or I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know we'd be going here tonight, but here we are. And I'm loving it. This is like, it's just like this. And I don't even mean with like certain acts. I just mean like just 
a connection with another person. It's very, it's, it always feels very of the moment and this like thing that might never be you again because it's all just so different. I'm being too, I'm being too analytical. No, no, no. I'm, you're, and you're making me do the same thing because like, isn't it interesting that during sex, when we're kind of accessing a more stripped down, raw mm-hmm. version of ourselves, that that feels more like fantasy mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. going around in our regular lives. Mm-hmm. When in fact, it's the opposite. It's like probably more authentic to like our feral selves, right? Yeah. But it's just because we spend so little time there doing that, that that feels like the departure. Isn't that a shame yeah. that like we go around with all these walls up, right? Um, and not having, you know, our vulnerability right out on the open that like that's that's our drag you know that's the character really is how we present in all these different roles in our everyday life um yeah but it's just kind of it's just kind of sad that you know when we're in that like sex head space that that feels like a fantasy it's like no 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 but yeah that's that's when we're being more realist, really. That's that's what yeah. I kept thinking as I'm like talking about it being all role, and I kept, I, but the words I kept using were like raw, vulnerable, and I'm like, well, I guess that's not playing a role. I guess it's being you. But yeah, I gotta say, sex always does feel like this sort of like fantasy island situation for me. Yes, yeah, totally. But that's the way. That's because the way we're cultured to be is to not be vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? So that seems like the departure um, to be vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's so fun though uh, it's so fun oh it's so fun though uh, especially when you're with someone that also wants to play like i love when it's like it feels like a play date i don't know it's fun yes <laughs> yeah yeah to have somebody that's playful like even now that i'm doing professional domination stuff mm-hmm. i'm like oh i value someone that wants to play with me yeah. so much like that wants to have a back and forth and yeah. wants to kind of just go off the cuff and mm-hmm. um is present with me like they show up ready to play Mm -hmm. like they don't retreat in themselves and they're kind of doing their own thing they're like right there with me like being creative and like pitching ideas and like and that could be you know all totally just not spoken like that could just be with energy but just that way you walk playfulness yeah I like it so much better when it's like the sex is 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 for me, it all starts with like the rapport and the back and forth. I can like, it's all that. So it's like, if you can, if you can get into the playing with that and play with me and we can build this sort of like heat and energy between each other. And that's fun. It's very fun. And then it turns into that and it's more into the bedroom when it's like, we're just playing along and having a good time. And then you feel connected versus the like, hi, I'm making small talk until we get to what we are going to do. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah. well, that's yeah. just an exchange and that's less fun. I want to play, baby. Let's play. Yeah. Flirt with me. Like, let's tease mm-hmm. this out a little bit because that's, that's part of it too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even when I'm doing professional stuff, I'm like, let's have like a conversation first mm-hmm. where we're just like talking about everything and like flirting a bit mm-hmm. and teasing each other a bit. Like, because that's builds up a little, you know, anticipation and some rapport, like you said, right? That already gets us in the headspace to, like, Mm -hmm. that it's okay to, like, play with each other a bit, you know? I can fuck with you a little bit, you know? 
Lovely. Yeah. So, Shannon, mm-hmm. we should be wrapping up, actually, at oh, this point. Crazy. Time flies, right? Look at that. And then, uh, yeah, we got to get back to our uh, our lives. Our quarantines. Um, our boring-ass lives. Yeah. Uh, but this has been a really fun time oh, to do this with you. This has been so fun, Erin. Thank you so much for having me on. I love it. Oh, my God. My absolute pleasure. So, Shannon, why don't you tell the people once again... Mm-hmm. Uh, where they can find Escape Capade, your podcast. Absolutely. And then, you know, all your other stuff, too, if you want people to follow your social media stuff. Great. Well, uh, you can find Escape Capade on the Sonar Network. So if you're listening to Aaron's podcast, you probably know where to find my podcast. And again, it's Escape yeah. Capade. Uh, the whole first season is up, so you have tons of time to binge that. And I am actively working on getting the second season out. I think I'll be able to figure it out. But I'll get it to ASAP. I got nothing but time. And you can follow Escape Capade on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Shannon LaHaye. LaHaye is spelled L-A-H-A-I-E. Or um, I'm on Instagram at at S-H-A underscore L-A-H. Because I made it before I knew what branding was. I love that. And actually, everyone, Shannon is a very funny Twitter follow. Oh, so yay. I I second you following Shannon LaHaye's Twitter Please feed. Please follow me on Twitter. And I'll share you on there. I'll put the I'll put the link up on both of those platforms to let people know. Beautiful. Um, yes. So um, yeah, for me, folks, you know, obviously the Bedpost Show is on hi- hiatus, but where you can kind of stay tuned. Uh, about that is you can go on Instagram and follow Bedpost. So that is at the Bedpost podcast. Mm. And then, you know, my pro doming stuff, I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. Mm. And if you prefer the Instagram platform, though, I am Pim.Lady on there. If you have any uh, comments, concerns, requests, you can send them to me at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. Uh, we have our lovely YouTube series, which Shannon uh, is <laughs> featured in an episode of the Bedpost yeah. product reviews, reviewing an Adore You vibrator. Which, by the way, <laughs> I must say, in this it's time right now, during I am grateful for you. I want you to know that I've been thinking of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. And that, of course, is on YouTube. We are the Bedpost Sex Show on YouTube. And, uh, oh, yes, of course, one last thank you to my lovely friend, Stephanie Copeland. She does all the original music that you are hearing on this podcast. And she just won a Canadian Podcasting Award for her contributions to this very podcast. Yay! Congratulations! So, yeah, so thank you, Stephanie Copeland. And then, Shannon, oh, I just love you. And I'm so happy you're home safe. Thank you. And everyone, listen to Escape Capade and follow Shannon on Twitter. (laughs) Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. This has been a blast. Uh, It's been so fun. And thank you, everyone, uh, for listening. We'll see you next time with another fun and funny, sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast. Talk about sex and sexuality and probably more uh, COVID content. Okay, bye. Bye. It would be hard to dispute that Canada is a country built on immigration. 
Mad as Hell podcast, an investigative podcast by me, Priscilla Tang, joined by my co-host, Baden Earl. And together, we're an unlikely duo who uncover true stories of families seemingly slipping through the cracks of Canadian immigration. Vaden Earl tells all from personal experience as a Canadian who's lived in exile with his adoptive daughter in Dominican Republic for 10 years. And I, Priscilla Tang, talk to you from Toronto as a first-generation Canadian of immigrant parents and a public policy graduate investigating news stories in Toronto. You can listen to Mad as Hell podcast on any platform where you already get your podcasts, or you can find us at thesonarnetwork.com. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.